0: Before we get started, today's podcast episode deals with gun violence, and it may not be suitable for all listeners. Please do take care of yourself while listening. The Oxford High School student who shot and killed four of his classmates has been sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Today, we're taking you to The Hearing, a courtroom where pain and anger all came together. This is Stateside. I'm April Bear. Michigan Radio's criminal justice reporter Beanish Ahmed was on site in the courtroom. We spoke with her about an hour before the shooter was sentenced. Interest in this case is so wide well beyond the Oxford community. Can you tell us a little bit about what the courtroom
1: looks like today, who's attending? Yeah, it's a pretty packed courtroom. We have a lot of family members of students who were impacted by this shooting, the parents and siblings of the four students who were shot and killed during that day two years ago, and also others who were in the building who survived, some with injuries. So we are hearing a lot of that testimony from people who felt directly impacted, who were directly impacted by this shooting. Since there is a terrorism charge here, the definition of people who are considered victims is pretty broad. Anyone who is connected to that school community has the opportunity to speak today, and many of them are doing so. The judge handling this matter is
0: an Oakland County Circuit Court judge, Kwame Rowe. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on
1: in the courtroom, who's spoken, and maybe what the victim testimony has been like? So today is the beginning of the sentencing phase of this case. Since the shooter pleaded guilty to all charges against him, there hasn't been a formal trial. We did hear some eyewitness testimony and some expert insights during the Miller hearing, through which the judge ultimately decided that life without parole is a sentence that could stand. But this is the opportunity for people who were impacted by what the shooter has admitted that he did to speak to their experiences and also for people who might want to speak to the character of the shooter and make a case for him to have maybe a lesser sentence to also get to speak. Um, but we have heard just some really emotional testimony so far. We have not gotten through the uh, victim's impact statements today. And just one uh, moment that struck me from one of the fathers of one of the victims. Good
2: morning. Uh, my name is Buck Mir. Um, I'm
1: He said that his family has just been torn apart by the shooting.
2: Yesterday just came and went. Today has dealt us another hand of heartaches that that we'll have to play. For the past two years, our family has been navigating our way through complete hell. Tears filled with pain. They fall like rain. We wear the pain like a heavy coat, constant reminders every day. Every hour is the darkest time of the day.
1: In addition to speaking about the impact of the shooting on their day to day lives, a lot of the family members of the four students who were killed also spoke about what was lost when they lost their loved ones. Uh, we heard from Reina St. Juliana, whose sister, Hannah, was 14 years old when she was killed at Oxford High School.
2: Instead of speaking at her wedding, I spoke at her funeral. Instead of fish-chilling her hair for a game, I curled her hair in a casket. Doesn't matter if I go to her room to steal her clothes, show her an outfit, or ask for advice, I am met with silence and darkness. I pushed off getting my license because what was the point? She's not here to sit in the passenger seat. I couldn't go back to school and finish my high school years. I'd see all of Hannah's classmates, my classmates, get their homecoming, their sports games, their prom and the graduation when Hannah doesn't.
1: A lot of friends and other relatives also spoke, sharing just how much these four students who were killed meant to them and students who survived, speaking about the ongoing impact, the anxiety, fear and depression that they are dealing with in the aftermath of the shooting.
0: Among those who spoke at today's sentencing was Kylie Osage. On November 30th, 2021, she was a high school senior. She spent the morning helping to conduct an anti-bullying program for sixth graders. And later, at Oxford High, Osage was one of the students who was shot. She came to realizing that she was lying next to Hannah St. Juliana, who had been gravely wounded. And Osage told how she realized that she, too, had been hurt.
2: Silence was deafening. I was laying on my side. I thought I was going to die. I attempted to get up, but my legs weren't moving. I repeatedly hit my legs with my hands like this. In an attempt to regain any kind of feeling, any kind of feeling, but not a single
0: thing. Osage recounted how she tried to encourage Hannah St. Juliana and comfort her, and to move herself out of harm's way without the use of her legs. She told the story of her convalescence and of later attending classes at Michigan State and of the physical limitations that are now a part of her daily life.
2: My life has changed its path entirely. However, Your Honor, I refuse to let the cowardly acts of a person affect the rest of my life. I will continue and live on for those that we've lost. I will continue to have compassion and spread love and joy and positivity everywhere I step foot. I will continue to advocate for those that have experienced something similar. I will proceed to stand up against gun violence in hopes that nothing like November 30th ever happens to anyone ever again.
0: We need to take a break. We'll hear more on the Oxford High School shooter sentencing in a moment.
3: Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu.
0: Venus, I know that some of the people who spoke today did directly address the shooter, Ethan Crumbly. What did they have to say to him? And I also
1: wonder if he reacted. Yes, uh, several of the parents and siblings, relatives and friends of people who were injured or killed at Oxford High School spoke directly to the shooter. They said uh, kind of two things. Some of them said that he has not completely wrecked their lives, that they will continue to carry the legacy of love and joy of their slain family members, Jill Suave is the mother of Justin Schilling, one of the students who was killed at Oxford High School. And this is what she had to say to the shooter.
3: You may have ended Justin's life on this plane. But you did not in any way affect his soul. You don't have the power to do that. You may have caused the pain and terror as you intended to do, but you did not destroy us. There is more love and light in this world because of the legacies of Justin, Tate, Hannah, and Madison. I don't focus on hating you, but I also don't feel a drop of pity towards you. I don't feel anything towards you you're nothing to me you don't even exist while you rot in jail we will push on and we will do so many good things in the world spreading so much love and kindness in honor of our angels
1: and others referenced in their statements how the shooter was unwilling to look at them and i think what they were saying is that he was unwilling to see their pain. There was one uh, young woman, a student at Oxford High School, who asked the shooter at the beginning and then again at the end of her remarks to look at her. She looked at him and she said, you're just a weak, insecure boy who couldn't handle his own problems. And then she asked him to look at her again, and he did. That was the first time that I noticed he looked up. He seemed to nod slightly as if he was acknowledging or maybe even agreeing with her assessment. Beanish, what have you observed among the families of the young people who were killed, maybe the
0: surviving victims who were injured? How how have they talked about what they think should happen in the sentencing?
1: So far, what we've heard are appeals to Judge Kwame Rowe, to issue that harshest possible sentence, life without a possibility of parole for the shooter. That's something that was firmly stated by Steve St. Juliana, who lost his daughter, Hannah, during the shooting. Here's what he said.
3: There is absolutely nothing that the defendant can ever do to earn my forgiveness. His age plays no part. His potential is irrelevant. Ultimately, it is only his choices and his actions that matter. Actions that have consequences that can never be undone.
1: And some of what he's referring to there are the factors that go into deciding whether or not life without parole should be considered for someone who's under the age of 18. Judge Kwame Rowe this summer considered those factors and decided that they were not mitigating in this case and that that sentence will be amongst the choices that he will be considering today in issuing his sentence.
0: Will the court also hear from people speaking on behalf of the defendant?
1: That is a part of sentencing agreements. I think we can expect to hear from at least a few people that will speak to um, you know why there might be a possibility for rehabilitation, why there might be Um, a reason to offer an opportunity for parole. Venus, folks may be aware that the shooter's
0: parents are also in jail right now awaiting trial. Are they able to monitor what's
1: happening with their son today? They asked to be in court today, and they were not allowed. Um, That was a decision that was made by another judge. They will instead be allowed to watch a live stream of the proceedings today from their cells in the Oakland County Jail.
0: Michigan Radio's criminal justice reporter Beenish Ahmed of the Amplify team. Beenish, thank you so very much. Thank you. As we mentioned, we talked to Beenish a little bit before the sentencing hearing ended today. Judge Rowe sentenced the shooter to life without the possibility of parole. You can read more at michiganradio.org. That's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Baer. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganradio.org. Today's podcast episode was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kavansak, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our interns are Lauren Neong and Olivia Moradian. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for the pod comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Thanks for listening today. We'll catch up with you again next week. Take care. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams.
3: I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.